The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network. For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. This is your pitch? You want me to be eye candy? Hillary. Dad, don't say anything. Give Kenneth the phone. She's here. Here? Where? In the house. Jack says she's in the house. Go. You can tell me right now why you sold me out and what you're into with Studer. Or you can tell me in 10 minutes when I have my hands around your throat. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I am Tobin Addington. And I'm Aislinn Addington. And tonight, today, this morning, depending on when you are listening, (laughs) we are talking about Haywire from 2013. Mm, Yes. Now, Tobin, Mm. you have been involved in the Cinemakers podcast, correct? That's right. And were you on the Haywire episode of that? I was. The first sort of season of Cinemakers, which is a Cage Club show about uh, sort of going through the career of of uh, directors, we did Steven Soderbergh as the sort of first director in that series, and I was so I was on all the Steven Soderbergh episodes with uh, Joey and Mike, and we did Haywire, which is near the 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 second the last third of his career, um, uh, and yeah, so I I've talked about this movie recently on a podcast. You can go and uh, listen to that podcast to hear our my thoughts uh, and Joey and Mike's thoughts about how it fits into Steven Soderbergh's uh, career. So let me rephrase that and say, gosh, I enjoyed listening to your conversation <laughs> on Cinemakers about this film. Um, but for those who haven't yet listened, um, could you give us uh, your history, how you how you first came to see this movie? Yeah, so I was a big Steven Soderbergh fan prior to this movie. Steven Soderbergh made, made, came uh, sort of started with the movie Sex, Lies, and Videotape, uh, made, um, importantly to me, Aaron Brockovich, which is a movie I can't wait for us to talk about sometime. He made Aaron Brockovich in Traffic and uh, the, o- the Oceans movies. Uh, and so I was very excited, as I always am, for a new Soderbergh movie. I can't remember if I saw this in the, in the theater, though. It wasn't in the theater for very long. And, and I, I would be ashamed of myself if I didn't see it in the theater, but I'm, I just can't remember. Uh, but I do remember watching it several times on DVD and um, being uh, sort of – yeah, I, I, what I remember is being really charged up about the movie and surprised in all kinds of ways that we'll get into. What about you? What was your experience with this movie? Um, I was also charged up about it. I um, 2013 seems real recent. Are we, is that really when it came out? I thought it was longer ago. I'm sorry, 2011. Yeah, that's, that's better, isn't that it? That feels better. So, yeah. Two years, two whole years. Yeah, but, but yes, 2011. The landscape. Yep. Um, <laughs> I was charged up about it. I had um, a very, very a dear friend, Jose, who's about to get married by the way. Congratulations. Congratulations. (laughs) And um, uh, Jose and I were, uh, oh, excellent. Uh, Best friends in grad school and um, roommates for a while and have very different tastes in films. And he was always trying to get me to watch um, the classics from his perspective, you know, uh, (laughs) uh, Bloodsport, Mortal Kombat. Oh, wow. Uh, Those kind of great, great 
action um, uh, cartoons, live action cartoons, if you will. Has he listened to the Real Bad podcast? Because they, they've covered at least one of those two movies. Oh, I'll have to ask him. I know that we've listened to um, Bloodsport, How Does It Get Made Together. Okay. <laughs> um, but I'll have to turn him on to, to Real Bad. And, and in fact, I'm sure that you know, real bad is a is a shelf of films in his home. Yes, but that's what I'm thinking. Enough about my my lovely Jose. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, he w- got would get up by you know was irritated with me for not watching more movies like that, or mm. you know, always trying to get me to um, appreciate. And I, as you know, as our listeners may know, I do not like fighting. I do not like not just watching it, but the sounds of fighting mm-hmm. make me mm-hmm. very uncomfortable. I think I have one of those sound sensitivity. Um, you know, first world problems uh, that we may make up. And um, so I just, I'm not into it, but when, and I, I was also a Soderbergh fan, not like you are, but I, you know, was aware and, and appreciated some of the work and this was coming up and, and very much, you know, Gina Carano forward mm-hmm. um, in the buildup for it. Totally. And so I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Cause it's different because it's a lady kicking ass. Mm-hmm. And um, so Jose and I went in the theater because I was real jazzed about it and yeah. um, and and thoroughly enjoyed it in the theater. Um, uh, we'll get to talking more about reactions this watching um, as we proceed. But oh. I, I absolutely went to it in the theater um, okay. and was was very much looking forward to it. So um, speaking of Gina Carano, I see her as um, a part of your your two bits. What two bits do you have for us? If people know anything about this movie, they probably know that the movie was built around its star, Gina Carano, who is not trained as an actor. Um, she's a martial artist. Is it MMA that she does? I'm going to out myself as someone who doesn't know the um, ins and outs of <laughs> uh, Nick is going to be really upset that I don't know this. Um, <laughs> yes, but so MMA. she's a she's a she's a fighter. And mm-hmm. and um, s- somewhat like Soderbergh did with a movie called The Girlfriend Experience, uh, uh, um, built around adult film actor Sasha Gray, he builds this. He he sees a a, a person uh, who has certain skills in the real world, <laughs> and builds a movie around them in kind of I th- I think kind of an interesting way. So the the people who well, maybe don't Mike know too. In a in a similar in a way, yeah, for sure, yeah, exactly, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. In a, in a similar way, yeah. Uh, the the uh, our episode on magic uh, on the cinemakers about Magic Mike is absolutely one to listen. We go deep on Magic Mike, and it is uh, it's great. That's such a great movie. Um, anyway, so if people watch this movie not knowing that, I her, I I would be curious to he- hear how her performance would strike people who don't. No pun intended. Um, who don't know that sort of history about it, because I, I think it could be, you know, it's it's very specific. But anyway, he built this movie around her as a person as much as her as an actor. And the other bit is that this is the third movie that Soderbergh has made, written by a man named Lem Dobbs, uh, who wrote one of my other all-time favorite um, uh, Soderbergh movies called The Limey that I'm always pushing on people. Uh, and um, so anyway, yes, this is a longtime collaborator who writes in a style that gives Soderbergh a lot of room to direct. And I think that that shows in this movie. Uh, Aislinn, we have a short list of ladies in charge uh, this week, but would you please uh, tell us who's who are some of the ladies in charge, who's the lady in charge in this movie? 
In Haywire, we have lead actor Gina Carano. And I think that shows, but let's get to it after. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay. Equally short synopsis. Tobin, could you please tell us what this movie is about? (laughs) Yes, this is borrowed from IMDb. A black ops super soldier seeks payback after she is betrayed and set up during a mission. True. Very true. That that is it. That's and about that's the whole okay, story. Right? Yeah, 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 that's okay. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. it's succinct. Um and and I think that is a, one of its strengths. Yes. Yes. It okay. It knows what it's about. <laughs> yeah. And it tells you that story. It, and then it it's does, over. It does that job and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Like uh like a soldier for hire. Right, right. Just just in the yeah, exactly. Um in like Mallory Kane. Like uh, Mallory fucking Kane. So now I, I'm sensing from what you've said, we haven't talked about this ahead of, ahead of time, but I'm sensing from, from your tone that you had a different experience watching the movie this time and perhaps did not enjoy it as much as you did the first time. So how did this movie hit you this? Uh, I, can't, I can't get away with how did this movie? Um, uh, uh, what did you think about this movie this time? I it It is a movie and. I think it is well crafted as a film. Um, I enjoy, um, you know, I'm always going to enjoy a little Ewan McGregor on my screen. Although I, it is a huge pet peeve of mine to not let the Scottish be Scottish. Uh huh. It is strange. It's just yes. a waste. It's just a waste. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I, you know, like. Um, like others that we know, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, like Aaron Sorkin or, um, or Ryan Murphy, they have their uh, their cast of players. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. we see the Soderbergh cast of players here mm-hmm. in, um, you know, our our friend, your friend and mine, Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Douglas. But eh, um, no, I didn't enjoy it. Um, the f- first fight scene. In the in the little um, cafe, mm-hmm. I understand that it's supposed to be shocking that mm-hmm. he just attacks her, and then that the cool part is that she kicks his ass. Like, yeah, I understand that, but it was incredibly upsetting to me. And perhaps I, I mean, obviously, I am in a different place now. Um, we are in a different place now. Um, than when I watched this the first time, but it, that, yeah. So the, just the violence was upsetting to me. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't want to jump the gun too much, but I, I just don't, I'm glad it was made. Um, I, I'm glad that she had the opportunity to highlight her skills in this way for people to see it. And that for, and, and, and for Hollywood and Steven Soderbergh to sort of value those things. But, um, she's the only woman in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's a little, there's a, there's a few objects around, um, Antonio Banderas, et cetera, but mm-hmm. like, and 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 yes, she gets her revenge. I mean, if you were thinking about it, like comparing it to revenge or something, like yes, yes, yeah, like yes, she triumphs. Um, but she's played over and over again in different ways by all these dudes around her. Um, 
so while I appreciate the story of, of survival and revenge, I also just, I don't know what it, it just doesn't empower me hmm. in interesting. any way. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I can totally see that. Um, does it, does it, uh, does it not feel satisfying at the end when she straightens out her world in a way? Like she I, outfoxes all these dudes. Yes, she does. Um, she absolutely does. And and my the the moment that I um giggled with glee in this movie is when <laughs> is when Hugh McGregor is on the beach and then yeah. suddenly she just runs into frame. Yes, and yes. <laughs> just takes him down. Like yeah, yeah. that was amazing, and I will always appreciate that. Yeah. But like Something that that I that you said when we were doing the revenge um, episode was like, do we need another one of these films? Mm-hmm. But if we, you know, but this is a good example of it. Like, yeah. that's kind of how I feel. Um, I, you know, I love the camo face and all that, and you know, turning off the power and fighting and the like. Okay, but I've I've seen that, and I think I've seen women do that, and I just. Had you know. had you before this though? Um, I don't know because I don't watch a lot of these movies. I um, can't think of special ops woman sure. not needing someone okay. to rescue her, kicking everybody's ass. Sure. In camo face, and mm-hmm. I may be wrong, but, um, but I'm but I'm trying to think, I, I, and I can't think of I can't think of one. Okay. So if we well, if it is if it is the thing we have seen, it may be that it may be that since this there has been. <laughs> We've we we have seen it since this, and maybe it's just since this, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has taken off. So we have seen, um, you know, a black Black Widow. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yep. Um, and we have seen Wonder Woman, and we have seen some other um, really uh, kick ass. So so absolutely, if this if this opened the door for audiences receiving this kind of um, awesome lady, then yeah. again, I'm glad it got made. Yeah, I just I hear you. I'm trying to figure out how how many kudos to give it. Um, Subsequent to this movie coming out, the female characters in the Bond franchise and the uh, Mission Impossible franchise, while not becoming distinct characters and not escaping the a lot of the issues that have uh, plagued those franchises vis-a-vis women, the women mm-hmm. became much more we got uh, uh, um, physically enabled hand-to-hand combat weapons. You get the new gotcha. money penny and the Craig bonds, you know, who's um, uh, not played by a white actress who just takes his coat mm-hmm. in the, and, and uh, you know, she shoots him right. in the opening scene of that yeah. movie, um, you know, and you get the Rebecca Ferguson character in the, in the mission, uh, mission impossible movies who holds her own against mm-hmm. uh, Ethan Hunt when they're opposed to one another. And so there is a, there's a way in which, and I don't, I can, I can't tell you that this, I don't know my action film history enough to say this absolutely sparked all that stuff, but it mm-hmm. wasn't happening before this movie. I, sure. I, I can, I can say this, but I, you know, it is, you know, it was different for me watching it this time too. When I was watching it for the uh, cinemakers, we were looking at it in the ter- in terms of Soderbergh's career. So we're looking at it from a, I know, how is this movie made? And it mm-hmm. is a really, really well-made movie. It, this yes. in my, in my, um, uh, which, which you said, as I st- rated my on letterbox i rated all the soderbergh movies as we watched them and this was my seventh favorite 
um, between um, Contagion at number six and Magic Mike at number eight. Um, Interesting. And I think that it's, and I think it was higher on both Joey. I think I was higher on Joey's list. Um, But I, but I, but this, it was different for me this time. And maybe it's because the climate has changed in some ways. And I, Mm I, I do know what you. I, I I do feel some of what you're describing in terms of, um, especially when when she is, you know, on the receiving end of the violence. I am less I am less comfortable with that than I was when the movie came out. I still react overall, I think more positively to the movie, but I but I I can totally understand what you're where you're coming from. Since you really have, you know, dug deep on this, I have some Soderbergh filmmaking questions for you. All right. Now, again, I have, of course, listened thoroughly to yes, all of the cinemakers, yes. but let's pretend for a moment I haven't. Okay, I'll just cut um, in pieces of that episode here. To, perfect, perfect. Yeah. So I wrote – so we've we've addressed that um, – or a little bit. Let's address a little more that that um, you know. This is a, a woman who was at the top of her game, which was not acting. You and mean is, the act? You mean the actor? In re- you're talking about she, real life? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who okay. is, so put it this. So, so um, I think he, yes, she maybe looks a little different, right? Because she's doing all the yeah. her stunts and things, absolutely. right? Absolutely. You know, yep. Instead of being a stunt woman for another actress, like she's doing it, right? So she does look a little different. Um, and, and her delivery of lines is maybe a little, uh, you know, not what you saw in Aaron Brockovich or whatever. This is more like, more like if I were delivering lines in a film right? as a nun trained, non-actor. Okay. (laughs) But I wrote in the first 10 minutes. Once they started talking, because dialogue is a really interesting thing that we could talk about as well mm-hmm. in this movie. But I said, mm-hmm. why do I feel like I'm watching porn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, and it could be because, you know, in part, like I could, you could so see her makeup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, granted in that first scene, they are having a fake conversation. Right. Right. Because they're not really talking about what they're talking about. So, like, there's that. But I just really felt like, you know, there was going to be suddenly some real bad synth music. But (laughs) instead, he hits her in the face with coffee. But, like, I don't know. I felt... Tell me why I felt that way. There, she has a, a, a slightly wooden and kind of stilted delivery, which I think takes a while to get used to in the movie. Uh, for me, it doesn't ruin the movie. It, it doesn't. It doesn't kill the movie. But it is. It, it's. It's like watching. It's watching a different kind of performance. Her performance is less when she's not, when she's not moving. Her performance mm-hmm. is less interested in realism than it is mm. in in. There's there, there's an art there's an artifice to it. This is the same the same kind of thing that happens in the Magic Mike movie with the actor who plays Channing Tatum's love interest in that movie, who who has a very unusual oh, yeah. sort of way of being Cody. in that movie. Yes, Cody, which I which I found fairly off putting the first time I saw the movie, and much yes. less so as I was watching all the Soderbergh movies and sort of seeing this as a strain of it's like we talked about on the very first um episodes of in, in cage club but the but the the actual Ca- nicholas cage um uh movies 
uh, and I credit Lindsay Gibb with this, who is now has her own show or shows uh, on the network, who wrote a book about Nicolas Cage talking about his acting style as not being interested in realism. Like he he is. Hmm. He, and, and so let's not look at it ironically, not, not look at something he's doing, quote unquote, badly, but that he's just not trying to be a real human being. He's trying to find something else. He's putting on masks and, you know, trying to find, trying to get to a, a psychological or emotional truth through almost like, you know, kabuki, right. Or, or yeah. other, other forms of, of theatrical presentation. And there's something to the way that Soderbergh uses her in this movie that, that feels that way. Like she's, she's not yeah. fit in this world. She, she's not Correct. fit for conversation. Yeah. And I, I do want to say she's not bad. Like, I don't think, oh, that's bad acting. Right. I just think I don't quite know what that is. But as you, um, as you relate it to the, to the Nicolas Cage and that, um, Nicolas Cage and huh, the Nicolas Cage, <laughs> um, and that analysis that, that helps me out a little bit with it. Yeah. I wrote down like the first time I thought like, oh, wow, like she was really good. The scene where she's sitting across from Antonio Banderas in the mm-hmm. cafe mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. early on and it's sort of – and it's right as – I think it's right as we started kind of the flashbacks and the sepia tones and things mm-hmm. that she was um, – you could – I mm, okay. I felt there was an authenticity <laughs> uh, in, in the stillness there uh-huh. because it was about that kind of job and mm-hmm. it is – Different, but you know, similar to what she's really good at. So, like, right. she was sort of being confident about her skills. I don't know. I'm reading into it, obviously. No, but that's like, a good, I think that's uh, that's yeah. I think you're right in that scene. But then that also made me wonder, just actory, actory. Like, what did An- An- Antonio Banderas sort of give her? Mm-hmm. Maybe that Channing didn't, because Channing is at his woodenest. I would say <laughs> in this as well. I mean, this is so. Like, I'm not saying it's him as a person, but this is his default acting tropes on screen. And that's all he needs to do. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. But he just, you know, he's a sexy super soldier who with a heart of gold at the end, like Mm -hmm. that's all he had to do. And that is all he did. Yeah, I see. No, I I mean, he looks stretched out, right? He's a giant human. (laughs) He looks uncomfortable. I'm like, do you have a limp or did you just grow too fast? (laughs) Um, And then one other criticism around her and then I'll move it around because and this is not her fault. Yeah. But as we've discussed, inappropriate hairstyles for your work. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Is something I have trouble with. Yes. We've talked about it. We have. Um, and so here I made a comment. <laughs> okay. This is Soderbergh. Clearly they got money behind it. It's very well made. Mm-hmm. So to me, a bandana to hide a bad wig <laughs> is unforgivable uh-huh. because uh-huh. that character, in my humble opinion, would never have chosen that to wear. Mm. Um, she would have had like, you know, the sort of, um, FBI is all I can think of, but like a uh, secret service type low and tight ponytail mm-hmm, or, um, or like a ball cap, but like that strange headscarf thing. I just mm-hmm. was not buying it for a minute. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. having seen the wig in the Antonio Banderas scene, that was the only thing that stuck out to me. Uh-huh. So, um, so I just feel like Soderbergh, you got the money. 
Get a good wig. Yeah. Now, to be fair, this movie is only $23 million. It's a uh, oh, like there, shoot. There are episodes of TV that are made from more than this per episode. So, but you're right. No, you're right. But you're not wrong. I mean, there there are movies with with um, uh, Brokeback Mountain was made for mm-hmm. half this cost and right. does better with hair and wigs than, sure. than this movie does. Uh, um, so that, your well, point, your just... point is well taken. But I don't want people to think this is like a hundred million dollar movie. This is a tiny right. tiny movie on on scale and probably called in some favors with the. Soderbergh players oh, yeah, or people right, who just exactly work with him or, or whatever. And again, I, I'm not, um, I don't say this to criticize her or her performance, right. but you know, there are departments with people who are experts in those things. And mm-hmm. I think they could have done better for her there. I also, and this is something I know that we have struggled with um, in when it comes to storytelling and changing of hair and mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I don't understand when her hair got cut shorter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the flashbacks and front and forward and how, and did she do something to it because she was on the lamb? And if so, she didn't do very much. I just, <laughs> so I was distracted yeah. by trying to um, place the story of her hair. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I don't know what kind of person that makes me, but that's, that's what, that where makes, I was makes at you observant, that. I think. Because it seemed like, okay, if it's, it was sepia toned, if it was flashback, and then if it was flashback and a flashback, it was black and white. Mm. I didn't understand entirely. <laughs> you know, the, it, you mentioned earlier, uh, t- thinking about the, I think with her dialogue and the, the dialogue scene in that, in the opening scene, and it feeling like, am I watching porn is kind of the question. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's something deeper to that, I think, because, um, there, and I, the, I had a, a, a film teacher years ago in college who talked about we were studying musicals in the cl- classic era, like Fred Ginger musicals. And he talked he would talk about musicals as uh, uh, sort of a, as, as like porn in terms of the story doesn't really matter. I'm listening. Musical porn. <laughs> the story doesn't matter. We're just waiting to get to the next dance. Like the <laughs> And and there's something to that I think in this movie too that the story is as I said is a you know is, is a one sentence you know descriptor, and so what it, it is then sort of allowing for or, or sort of making room for is both the execution of the story but even more so the fights and right the execution of the humans right right yeah and the the way people move like this movie's at its best when the people are moving and not talking and yes you know, and there are long swaths of time where they're not talking yes yes exactly yes like, they right. get a lot done without <laughs> using i mean but also it's because she can and I, I i think that's where it really like her her brilliance sort of really comes out mm-hmm. is when um, you get to see her do what she does so well. And you see, you know, Channing Tatum is doing his own stunts in that, or, you know, his own fighting in that opening scene too. And as pro- problematic as that is, or, or makes us feel, you know, to his, he can, as we've said, as I've said many times on many episodes of many <laughs> podcasts for this network, he can move his body like very few other yeah. people can. And to see, to see that in terms of this sort of fight choreography that is, um, that feels uh, brutal, that doesn't feel, as choreographed as a lot of movie stunts. It's another thing that's kind of different about this movie is that the fights, the, the fighting style feels um, grounded in a reality in a way that it very often is not. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And that, and that, you know, the, 
when hands hit things, the hands seem to hurt afterwards, (laughs) you know, like people that they're, they're feeling the effects of this stuff, both in terms of the attacker and the attacked. I agree. I, I, I felt like, um, or I noticed again, I don't watch a lot of movies with a lot of fighting and I certainly am not real focused in on the fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when I go get another snack. Um, but I really felt her opponents bracing mm-hmm. in a way that you don't always see. Interesting. And, Interesting. and it's absolutely choreographed, but it's choreographed in a different way. And and by her to some extent, or, you know, I mean, um, I'm sure there's a team, but but she was part of figuring out how all that would go. Sure. sure. my understanding. Um, but so like Michael Fassbender and, and who knows how much of, of it was actually him, right? But like a lot. Fassbender got, did a lot of his own. Yeah. Okay. So he got into like fighting stance. And even Ewan, who I was like, is your character meant to have <laughs> yeah. this background? I don't know. Was like eating and that one was further away. But like when it started, I really felt like they were gearing up for a fight in a way that I don't always feel that energy. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, realism is not necessarily the word I want to use, but maybe, maybe yeah. authenticity is that there is a little bit of a more authentic, authentic, hello. <laughs> I like that one. A little more authentic uh-huh. um, air in the room. Yeah. The, the, uh, another uh, movie that's been on a number of, uh, of cage club podcasts uh, that I'm not sure if you've seen, um, now I can't remember the name. Atomic Blonde. Have you seen Atomic Blonde? No, it's on our list. Yeah. Or it was on one of our lists. It's, it's been done so many times on this network. We have to w- maybe that's bury why we that. pushed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's it is a movie where the again you have a female uh, um, actor lead character who gets in a lot of fisticuffs and that they are played. You know, it's again, it's brutal fighting and the characters in that movie, they make a real point of them getting very tired as they fight. Like you can't, Mm. you know, Bond can fight for 15 minutes straight or Jason Bourne can fight for 15 minutes straight and keep going. And the human body just can't do that. And so uh, and I think there's something to this movie being a precedent for that, too, um, as a a sort of laying laying some of the groundwork for that kind of stuff. But in in any case, the, the if you are. If you are, um, you know, concerned about going into this movie and the dialogue is is bothering you, know that when they start to move, the movie works uh, just as a movie will begin to work better. Bill Paxton. Can uh, we just have a Bill Paxton I knew we were going to get there. Yes, yes. You know I have complex feelings. Complex feelings about Bill Paxton. But – and I don't, you know, who cares whether it's fair or not. Um, I do appreciate him maybe a little bit more. Um, since his passing, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, because there's just kind of a little different when you see him on screen, it's, it's a different feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this role, mm-hmm. I think he did great. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! I loved the stash. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I loved the dad glasses. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't do a lot of math to figure out if they could be father and daughter. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. I didn't either. That's a great question. Um, but he, but hey, I mean, it, it's Hollywood, right? So they could have been love interests if we're, you know, going by age standards there. So I'll, I'll take father, daughter and not complain about it. But um, his attitude. Uh-huh. Because he had a, tr- okay, he had a tricky, he had tricky business. Uh-huh. 
um, when there's like assassins in his ho- in his home. <laughs> yes, yes. And we're you know we've seen that he's a, an author, and I guess I don't understand. My interpretation is that he also had a military background, but yes. not at, clearly not in the way that she did. Not at her level. I think that's right. Yeah. And so I think that could have been played like he could have the role in the role, like he could have mm-hmm. played dumber. Mm-hmm. He could have played um, like I'm smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And I think what he played was my daughter is smarter than you. And that that worked for me. Um, I I was happy he didn't get tortured. Mm-hmm. Or killed. I mean, and and I think that was you know the kind of the plotting back and forth between um, him and Gina to get uh, Ewan and Channing, Kenneth and Aaron to um to fight amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. that that worked out was very satisfying. Yeah. Um, and I think he could have overdone it. Yeah. I think he he understood the the level of energy in the in the film <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, he, and he he met it uh-huh, uh-huh. and did his job and then he was gone and i was like thanks bill paxton i think it's it's a it's neat that he's you know she goes to him and he it's not like he saves her you know like i mean he does no, so, like he, fac- he facilitates, facilitates right encounter yeah exactly he's like the he's like the voice in the ear you know not even that yeah. much but he's like the logistics or whatever like he's 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 minding the safe house you know um exactly he's the caretaker uh and she's the you know it's her plan it's her you know and and he there's never a. It's just, that's just their dynamic. I, I think. I think that's great. I love that you are. This is your favorite Cage Club Bill Paxton uh, uh, um, performance so far. I do feel what I what I felt about that end of that scene then was like, oh man, they ruined that man's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, Dad, <laughs> let's get rid of the bodies. Like, God, yeah, that's not okay. Don't. Um, Don't and, turn your parents' house into that. And just for the record, he was born in 1955. She was born in 1982. So he was 27, oh, 27 when she was born. So he is actually the, the right fit. Although you're right. When he comes on screen, it's – I had the same feeling. I had to look that up because I had the same feeling. I'm like, he's – he seems kind of young to be her dad, which is just mm-hmm. total movie bullshit that's yeah, been exactly. like, you know – that's I look at a movie and I assume that they're going to be, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that that's that that's a relationship. So anyway, um, but yeah, he's but he is. This is a, a an example of where the that casting um, is age appropriate. Mm-hmm. I also really appreciated in that in kind of the third act acting um, Michael Douglas on the phone when she calls him or he calls her back or however he's on the phone with her mm-hmm. and like pretending to help her. Or helping her, I, mm-hmm, you know. Yeah, we don't know, right? At the, yeah, yeah. But that, in the conversation, getting right. her kind of tips about things, but, um, but his, his, his larger game is, is different, of course, but his nonchalance on the phone mm-hmm. and how that he had played that, like that was a little bit delicious. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, a, this is what was my next question for you is of the supporting, Actors. So our mom decided to watch this movie in preparation for our <laughs> podcast, knowing that this was not one that's you know would normally cross her you know cross her DVD player. Um, and so as I was describing the movie, I listed all of the. She said, "Am I going to enjoy this at all?" And I said, "Well, there are a lot of actors you will recognize." And I listed all the you know Channing Tatum and Michael Douglas and Tony Medeiros and Ewan McGregor, Michael Fassbender. You know, um, and so what I want to know is, do you? 
Um, who's your favorite of the supporting dudes mm. here? I mean, oh gosh, Hugh McGregor is just my favorite everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I've watched, um, I've watched his uh, documentaries of um, traveling the world by motorcycle. Oh yeah, um, I own both of them, long way <laughs> round and long way down. Um, and I've, I like every couple of years, I just go back through and I, I mean, I just watch them. Again. I love that. I love that. Um, when you meet so, him, that has to be your that has to be your chit chat because. Oh my goodness! You know, I love yeah. it so much. Um, and uh, you know, Moulin Rouge is a favorite of mine. Speaking of musicals and things, and there are so many I found. Um, I think more so early on, but he's an actor that chooses projects that I fifty fifty am not going to want to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always excited to see, to see him in a movie and, and, you know, acting wise, um, you know, I think he did a great, great job being subtly sleazy. Yeah. 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 But like, who did I enjoy the most? I kind of enjoyed Bill Paxton the most. (laughs) Oh my (laughs) goodness. Um, what is your answer to that question, Tobin? I think that I agree with you that Ewan McGregor is probably my favorite. He's just so slippery and slimy and it, but in a, like a, um, like a, I don't know, rosy cheek, like, you know, yeah, he's, he comes off as likable until he opens his mouth. Right. Right. I think that maybe, I think my favorite fight scene in the movie is the one with Michael Fassbender though. And Mm -hmm. I like his relationship to, uh, uh, Paul's relationship to Mallory and a- as it changes and we're trying to figure out whose side we're on and and then the way that that that, that scene happens when the movie was uh, when they were getting ready to release the movie they released that fight scene in its entirety not as like a trailer mm-hmm. but just as an online hey watch watch check this out and, yeah, uh, see and what's coming. right right and I think that um, I think it's a, a smart move I mean it, I, I sat up and took notice and at the time had not seen a woman take apart Michael Fassbender like this right exactly you know and or uh, uh, and so it was um, uh, I think it was smart but I but oh, but I I would I, every time Ewan McGregor scenes come on I'm excited to see what he's gonna do next in this movie Okay, so we just spent a lot of time talking about all the other dudes that are in the movie. Yeah. Like, I just, I guess it's a little aliensy for me in that way of, like, this is all these guys' fault, and now she has to spend all this time killing them and or cleaning up their messes, and that, to me, is not revolutionary. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just kidding. I mean, I'm. We are at the end of my notes. I did not write oh. <laughs> a lot about this movie. Well, I, and I think yeah, we 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 can. It's a short movie. We can we can wrap up. Um, I, I think that to ask the movie to be revolutionary is probably asking too much of the movie. Um, I I do know what you mean, although I, I appreciate that the guy that the guys that are here are the guys who would be the lead of any other version of this movie, and would be blowing dudes up and feeling great about it and moving on to the next thing. And that she is, um, she is finding her way through this mess and taking them out and you know, it's taxing and it's, but she's, but she's doing it. The thing that doesn't work as well in me 
for me in this movie is the kind of framing story where she's telling the story to this kid who she's stolen yeah. the car from. And that actor um, is great on Soderbergh's TV series, The Nick. Um, but and he, I don't think he's the problem here. I think it's a I think it's a problem with the story and the way the story is like, why would I understand in the story she's telling him in order to. You know, if something happens, someone else knows. And but it just feels it just feels a little false to me. I, I don't I don't really buy that, that she would tell him. I feel like you could have her just driving with him and him freaking out, not knowing what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then we just see what's happening. Like she doesn't have to be telling him any any of this stuff. Um, right. That, or she handed him a dossier to give someone. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She has some kind of evidence. Like yeah. if it was all written down because right. he's going to call and say this lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And she gave right. me everyone's first name and I had to memorize them. And- right. Right. I just, I just don't buy it. I just don't really buy it. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't his fault. I think he's a delight. I've, I've seen him um, before. And, yeah. Um, yeah. He shows up and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's one. I Now I didn't write down who said it, but toward the end, there's a quote. It must have been Ewan that said, um, I think it's when it's revealed the 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 um, conversation between Kenneth and Paul is revealed mm. um, when we, then Paul is supposed to kill her and he says you shouldn't think of her as being a woman that would be a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is him who says that. Yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which again, I get that that is sort of supposed to help fuel this fire of like, oh man, she's going to get back at him for that or. Or that, um, or he, or that it was whether whether it was an insult or a compliment, it doesn't work for me, either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I I, for, I think for me it betray it because it's coming out of his mouth. It mm-hmm. you know it's betraying his um, not underappreciation. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, his it's betraying his his uh, the way he sees her, which is mm. as a tool not as and an expendable tool in this case like he's he sent her out here to do a thing so he can make money and she won't be seen again you know i mean mm-hmm. he set her up and so right. um t- what i i think what i and i can't remember where this comes in the course of the movie but as he begins to get more squirmy as the as the noose tightens around him as the mm-hmm. walls close in around him and and he's realizing that he's unleashed this thing she's figured out and she's not going to stop. He knows she's not going to stop until he sort of pays the price. I think that that, uh, that, that, that kind of worked for me. But, um, but as I say, I, I do, I'm, I think unlike the, our aliens conversation, I, I do see, I, I do see where you're coming from here. I understand. I understand that reading of the movie for sure. Hoban, would you like to play a game? I would love to play a game. Fantastic. The title of tonight's game, get your dinger ready. Okay. Is <laughs> dinger is ready. Soder quotes or odor quotes? Ooh, wow. Okay, okay. Oh, see, I thought that would get a ding. Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> so, I have assembled some quotes here, um, often about filmmaking, but maybe a little bit about society too, as oh. I feel like he's got a a lens on things okay, on the okay. way the world works. Okay. And then I have pulled some quotes from some other folks as well. <laughs> okay. And I will read you a quote and you will tell me if it's a soda quote, 
or an odor quote. Okay, all right, all right, I'm ready. You know, from I'm other ready. people. Yeah, I didn't know if odor was okay. some, was a some kind of sociologist that you no. studied in grad school. No, and, it's okay. it's that them odor people. <laughs> odor people. Okay, got it. I got it. <laughs> them odor folks. Yeah. Them odor folks. Yeah. Okay. So, quote number one: The key to making good movies is to pay attention to the transition between scenes. Um, Soda uh, quote or odor quote? I'm going to say odor quote. Incorrect. Oh, Soda quote. Really? What? Do you know where it came well, from? Where did... Nope. Just based on the internet. Okay. 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 Right. Right. I did a lot of research. <laughs> okay. 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 Interesting. Okay. Next. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dream? Odor quote. That is correct. That is Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I I should have gotten that first one right because he's uh, in the last 10 movies he's made. He's been his own editor. Um, oh. So. oh, man, I almost put an editing odor quote in and then I didn't. Damn, oh. I should have. Had you, I listened you, to more. Sleep, I yeah. Well, you, but that. Yeah. So that that that. But I should that should have that. I've got a bit smarter. I'm going to get smarter about this. Mm-hmm. I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Every viewer is going to get a different thing. That's the thing about painting, photography, cinema. That's the soda quote. David Lynch. Oh, it was a trick because he said cinema, and I, oh, I'm, man. and that's what the, Soder says a lot. And I should have what threw me is the painting because he when he retired a couple of years ago he wanted to go paint and instead made like a, David Lynch made a TV show. But then of course David Lynch paints too. Oh damn it! Okay, wait. So I'm <laughs> what am I like one one and two? Is one that, for three. One for three. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. When things go right, it's hard to figure out why. But when things go wrong, it's really easy. Soda quote. Correct. Oh, phew. Pulling even okay. here. Okay. Two for two. Here we go. <laughs> I'm very comfortable with failure. I'm very comfortable being the guy who disappoints people. That's soda soda quote. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I recognize the quote from somewhere. I feel like some of them you would. Yeah. yeah, okay. yeah. Speaking of failure. You just never give up, no matter how hard the challenges are, and observe this world with a healthy dose of criticism, and don't just follow the herd like somebody else might do. Odor quote. Yeah, that's Rennie Harlan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Soderbergh is never that sort of blandly inspirational. (laughs) Okay. There's no better satisfaction than writing. I feel that writing is the Writing is the best and everything else comes with it. Odor quote. Odor quote, indeed, is Gary Marshall. Yeah. He, he's talked about how he's not, he doesn't think of himself as a writer. He much prefers to work. Oh, work that's other, funny. Other See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought, oh, man. Well, he wrote okay. his first okay. few movies and then he, right. there's a Criterion he DVD where he's like, I, you know, I realized I'm, I'm, I much prefer having another person's brain and we can sort of throw things back and forth, but then they sort of mm. put the words together and yeah. Nice. I'm doing better. I'm doing okay. better. See, I'm locking in here. You're doing great. Yeah. Okay. In order to find the edge, you must risk going over the edge. Oh, that's tough. He does that. I'm going to say Soder quote. Incorrect. Oh, who was it? Dennis Dugan, director of many an Adam Sandler film. Yeah. Okay. See, he finds the edge. <laughs> Range of taste, maybe, or exactly. Okay, Um, two more. Okay, but my sense in talking to people when I travel is that the film business is not that dissimilar from a lot of other businesses. 
That's got to be a Soto quote. Yeah. Yeah. It is. We one of the things that we end up in uh, talking about in Cinemakers about S- Soderbergh is how all his movies end up being about capitalism, sort of critiques of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all of them, but a well, lot of shoot, them. Then, of them. Okay, then this one is not no longer going to be our last one. Okay, what is it? <laughs> Here's one. Okay, there are three major social issues in this country that this country is struggling with: education, poverty, and drugs. Two of them we talk about, and one that but then we don't. That must be a Soder quote. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then finally. Okay, okay, okay. A filmmaker doesn't have to suffer to show suffering. You just have to understand it. You don't have to die to shoot a death scene. Oh, that's tough. It doesn't sound like Soderbergh to me, but I feel like maybe I've read him having said it. <laughs> so it puts me in a bit of a bind. I'm going to say quote. Now, can you tell me who said it? Um, I'm going to say an American director. Okay. I'm going to say American director who's made big blockbustery movies. I'm going to say Spielberg. No, it was a trick. I put in a second David Lynch quote because I liked it so oh, much. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, you did really well in that thank game. You. Do you think I Good won work. the game overall? I think overall you won the game. That's my second ever winning game in 17 Yay. episodes of this show. <laughs> to be fair, some of them are not win or lose games. No, I know. That's true. But we've had 17 episodes and I've only won two games. So That's true. Some of them are just creative endeavors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I was I I I figured you would be great at it um because you are an aficionado. Um so I I was right. So you won, but I was right. So that's that's kind of part of the course, yeah. I'll give you a ding too then. Oh, thank you for the ding. <laughs> so now is the time as we wrap up where um we decide individually um is this movie a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera. Tobin, what are your thoughts? This I think is going to be the first time we've Maybe yeah, I think this is gonna be the first time we have a we have a a, a, a divergence of opinion here. Um, I'm going to say that it is barely progressive in retrospect, only because, uh, uh, or not not barely, but it is a, it is a step progressive because it builds this movie around this woman who unapologetically kicks ass and has in one way or another influenced or opened the gates or sparked a a series of similar kinds of roles for women in action movies. And so for that reason, I'm going to say progressive. Aizan, what about you? I'm going to repeat that I'm glad it was made, (laughs) that I think she is very talented. um, And I'm, and I, I, I think it's uh, interesting and creative that Soderbergh, you know, decided to build this film around her and got it and got it done. Like that's, that's a huge achievement. Um, but no, I, I don't see it as particularly progressive. Um, she is the only woman in the film. Um, and, uh, uh, she's, hmm, while she is able to display her skills and talents, she's also, in my opinion, often on display in a way that I don't think is, new or interesting. Um, and I just don't know what we get from, Oh, look, it's a woman doing it this time. I feel like we should be beyond that. Um, and, and maybe I'm, um, you know, 
too harsh or cynical at this point. But for me, in this reading of it right now, no, I'm glad it was made, but um, but I wouldn't put it in um, in the pocket of progressive. So next up, Aislinn, on October 16th, we're moving into, into well, this episode comes out, you're listening to this sometime on or after the 2nd of October, which means we are in Halloween season. And spooky. <laughs> spooky. I don't have a spooky sound effect here. Otherwise, I would use it. Um, we are So we are going to do a couple of Halloween-ish movies the next two episodes. So on October 16th, in two weeks, you can come back here and find us talking about Hocus Pocus. That's right. You heard that right. We're going to talk about Hocus Pocus on October 16th. That's as Halloween-y as I get, folks. Um, <laughs> I was concerned when Tobin wanted to do some themed because Iceland don't like the scary movies. <laughs> I did, um, I did but, offer that we could counter-program if you wanted to. That's true. The, this, I think, is, is great. Um, let's find out because um, while it is a uh, cult classic favorite of um you know folks we know uh, our age our and, generation. Younger, yeah, and younger our, yep. yeah, our generation and younger yep. um i have never seen it and i'm it, sure we rented it once but i do not remember i all. don't know that we did because i've never seen it okay so this is going to be fresh eyes for both of us so everybody else watch Hocus, 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 Hocus Virgins. <laughs> check out Hocus Pocus come back on the 16th and uh let's see where we all land sounds great Aislinn, are you wanting to be found online these days? And if so, where can people find you? Sure. If you'd like to complain about my opinion of this movie, um, please feel free to do so um, at SassyNerdMT on Twitter or um, come find our profiles on the Cage Club uh, Network website and email me from there. Has anybody emailed you yet? No, no one likes me. Oh, wow. oh, my heart breaks. Somebody get somebody get on this and email her. You can find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington, and you can find our show at facebook.com slash the contenders pod or on Twitter at contenders underscore pod. Tell us what movies you'd like to see us do in the future. And if we think they're good suggestions, we will take them. We here at the contenders are proud members of the cage club podcast network for all those great shows. Go to cageclub.me or facebook.com slash cage club. And you can find them on Twitter at cage club pod. You can find all the cage club network shows on iTunes, Google play stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It will only take a couple of minutes, um, but it'll make you feel so good about yourself. I promise. Uh, those reviews really help us spread the word. And if you leave us a comment, we might read it on an upcoming show. I do not have a comment from, uh, you know, subscription, but I did want to shout out. We had some great pie suggestions after Waitress Ooh, on Twitter. Call, yeah. Um, and I wanted to shout out um, Shelly Clark. That's at Shelly underscore A underscore Clark, who suggested Honey Pie to take into a movie theater. Yay. With us, right? Wasn't that the thing? What are you going to bring to a movie theater with us? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, someday, um, Tobin, when you come to Oregon, yeah. we could all enjoy some Honey Pie at a movie theater. Love it. All right. With that... I'm Aislinn Addington. I am Tobin Addington, and we'll see you next time on The Contenders. That's the Halloween Contenders.
Facebook.com slash cage club. And you can find them on Twitter at clay cage. And you can find them on Twitter at cage club. (laughs) And you can find them on Twitter at cage club pod. Now Sizen's turn to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.